Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. As the man just said, I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for joining me this week. Now, um, as with every other week, I endeavor to give you the best in personal development. Now, um, I, I must admit, though, every time that I have a show, every time that I think about producing another episode... You know, I'm always kind of torn left and right because, you know, I've got a list of things that I want to talk to you about and I keep that list updated frequently. And, I, and it's a long list, you know. I've I've probably got enough material to do episodes for about the next 20 years. Um, but, you know, it's often interrupted by things like, you know, world events, which, co- you know, causes me to think about growth and development in new ways. Sometimes it's shitty little things like, like I sh- you know, I'll, I'll read something on social media and, um, and it'll, again, provoke me to think and I want to bring it to a show for you because I'm always looking to give you new angles on old ideas. Now, recently, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but I made a little video. In fact, I didn't make the video. I actually did a live broadcast many months ago. And the people who manage um, my some of the videos that you see online, they kind of put this video together. And I talked about narcissism and I talked about why I'm no longer going to use that word. And and there were people, you know, fucking pissed off because I said, stop using that word. And the very idea, the very idea that people got pissed off about it points to why people should stop using the word. <laughs> because the word no longer is the word. The word has all this kind of emotion tied into it for people. So then it's not, it's more like a, it's more like a, often that word is used as an example, is used like a slur now. We use it to demean other people, right? So one of the bits of advice that I gave people, yes, occasionally I do that, uh, I said, stick to what they do and what they don't do. Like, that's where you should be focusing, not on whether they fit this tag or that tag or this tag or that tag. And um, again, you know, some people get it, some people don't. But, you know, on this show, I want to make clear for you and I want to take a deep dive into why I say some of the things I say. I don't say them in a fucking vacuum. I'm not saying them just for the sake of saying them. And by the way, you should know this for sure if you don't know this about me by now. I don't say anything 
to be sensationalist, right? I, I didn't write my books to be sensationalist, right? I didn't, when I wrote Unfuck Yourself, I wrote that book because I really liked the title. And, you know, again, you know, I wrote that book or began writing that book in 2015 when there were no books on the market with that title when I started writing that book, none. Um, so there were, I think there was one on the market with a, with a, with a curse word in the title when I eventually released that book. And now there's, there's fucking 10 a penny, right? So anyway, what, it, what it is I've always wanted to give you is stone cold wisdom that you can lean into. Now, that's sometimes a problem. And, and I'll tell you why it's a problem. It's a problem because the stone cold wisdom interferes with your fucking drama, right? It just interferes with your drama. Now, before you get your knickers in a twist about it, everybody's got fucking drama. But where? That's the question. Where's the drama? Now, some of you are already got, well, it's my fucking mother-in-law. Or it's that, 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 you know, it's a situation at work and it's, no. Drama can be found in the language that you use to describe your situation. So the language is dramatic. Therefore, the emotions are dramatic in alignment with the language that you use. So. You heighten, your emotions heighten in alignment and and simultaneously, not one before the other, but simultaneously with the fucking language you use. So again, if you're just talking about narcissistic tendencies, which another reason why I hate using that fucking word, and like I really have an aversion to using it is because I'm not qualified to point it at people, right? Um, I'm not a psychologist and I don't even talk about fucking psychology. It's not what we do here. Uh, we do ontology. We talk about being. And one could be being selfish. That's right. One could be being self-centered. One could be being manipulative, right? But um, but anyway, I digress. Let me get back to it. Let me get back to this idea of language and why language is important. You see, when I... When I work with people, right, the first thing I, I do with people before I get any, any kind of deep work with them, the first thing I'm going to do with people is I'm going to say, okay, let's get your life working. And I mean, the life you have right now, let's get it working. Let's get the wheels turning and let's get this thing going in a direction that you want to get it going. And the, one of the first places I'll look and I, and, I, and I begin this process, right, in conversations with people is tidying up the language. So they'll say this thing and that thing. And I'll say, you know, by, by saying it that way, you're already creating a context, a victim for yourself. So this will seem really hard to you, just given where you're placing yourself, right? Oh, well, I never realized that. Okay, so let's cut this out. Let's cut that out. Let's start talking a little bit more like this, right? About your situation you find yourself in. Not positive. I don't, you guys know me. I don't, I don't do the positive thing, but rather just cleaning up, making it very simple, very clean, very plain, easy to interact with, right? So it's, it's one of the first places that I look. And again, I look there because 
there's this correlation, there's this, there's this dance, if you like, there's this rhythm between language and being. So all of this leads me to the point really that I wanted to get into this week. Um, because I wanted people to understand. I, I was asked this question years ago in a freaking interview. And the question was, oh, you've coached a lot of people. What's the difference between men and women? And my answer was nothing. There is no distinction. There's no difference. And I think it went online. And again, suitably, right, there was these guys and they're like, you know, you're fucking, t-. it was all guys too for some reason. Um, and I, I think a bunch of them were like, you know, um, online bros, as <laughs> I like to call. <laughs> I want to be my fucking bro. But anyway, so it was some online bro. You know, you're talking about, you know, there's some shit about me being a New World Order shell or something. <laughs> fucking nonsense. But anyway, so, and it was all because we are kind of, we are raised in an environment, you know, culturally, we are constantly pointing at distinctions between a man and a woman, if you like, in terms of uh, physicality, in terms of psychology, right? In terms of uh, things, you know, behaviorally, like things we like to do. So, um, you know, there's a slew of things that people love to distinguish between men and women, but ontology is actually not one of those places to make that distinction. So ontology is the study of being. So that is to say humans being. So someone, you know, recently was, I was talking to somebody about a, a way of being and, and they couldn't quite get their head around it. And so uh, I'll kind of lay it out as best I can. Um, usually when people are talking about their emotions, right, like their kind of state that they're in, they're really talking about a way of being, right? So it's, it's a combination of thoughts, feelings, emotions, right? And it, it does include, by the way, action. So ways of being and acting, right? They align, like you act the way you be. So that is you take the actions that are consistent with the ways that you be in life, right? And you're always being one way or another. There is no time in your existence when you are not being one way or another. Now, human beings love to think that, oh, I, I, you know, I express a fucking multitude of ways of being, and you really don't. It's very limited. So when you were young or younger, the availability of ways of being was a lot more. As you've gotten older, you're just more and more and more you and there's a limit to you and and by the way some of you will kind of be nodding your head right now you're like oh yeah i've I've felt that limit to myself like i like i felt as if there was something i wanted or i wish that i could get it but i can't get it (laughs) right that's right that's your hitting the glass ceiling of the ways of being that you've become attached to right you become connected to so quite simply poo we all exist in this kind of bandwidth of being. And it, it doesn't matter 
how you identify yourself. You know, if you're a man, you're a woman or something else. It doesn't matter what you think about that. We all exist on the same paradigm of being. So we're all being. And we're all being one way or another way. Now, that's, again, not a fucking problem. But when you start digging in with people and you start digging into the problems of the life, here's what you start to uncover. Start to uncover that a lot of the problems of the life are rooted in ways of being. It's the way that they be. So people might say, I'm completely dissatisfied at work. That's right. You go to work and you're being dissatisfied. And people think, no, no, it's the fucking job. No, no, it's the way of being. The way of being is one of being dissatisfied. Yeah, you're going to get the results consistent with being dissatisfied. Uh, what about my relationship? Well, whatever the ways of being, you are mostly there. So if you're resigned, if you're suspicious or cynical, if you're angry, if you're disconnected, even though you feel as if you might be trying something else, I'm really trying. How you are by default is what's running the show. And that's in any area of your life. How you are being by default is what's running the show. So how do you short-circuit that, Mr. fucking Scottish person? Well, let me tell you. So one of the ways that you short-circuit that is you have to first identify like the area of your life. You say to yourself, okay, this area of my life isn't working for me. How am I being there? If I tell the truth, and that's the tricky part, right? Because I'm not hanging over your fucking shoulder trying to point this out to you. How am I being in the area of life where that doesn't that, that is least working for me right now, am I being powerless? Am I being angry? Am I being defensive? Right? Am I being vindictive? Am I being a victim? Am I, what are the, what are the kind of ways of being that I demonstrate in this area of life? And by the way, any area of life you experience uh, what I like to call being pressed you'll demonstrate the same fundamental ways of being there. And they'll be the same ones over and over and over. So every area of life where your experienced life is pressing you, you'll demonstrate those ways of being, right? So a very common one for people is being disconnected. So they feel as if something's not going their way, they withdraw. I'm being disconnected in that area of life. I'm getting the results consistent with being disconnected in that area of my life. Now, by the same token, what one of the things that, you know, I've encouraged people to do is to, once you identify that, you're like, oh, well, fuck yeah, I'm, I'm getting the results consistent with being resigned, or I'm getting the results consistent with being defensive, or I'm getting the results consistent. Do you understand? you still, are you with me? Okay, so then you have to look back into that area of life and say, you know, of all the ways that I could be, I'm being that way. So what's a way that I could be in that area of my life? And if I was that way, what are the things that I would do? And what are the kinds of things that I would be talking about in that area of my life, right? Now, 
it's pretty radical for people because you'll see how attached you are when you start to engage with this sort of thing. You're, you're actually how, how attached you are to some of those shitty areas of your life. You know, I've, I've made this point many times in the past. People bump their fucking gums about wanting to deal with their past fucking traumas and their injuries and their fucking, they talk about how do you get over an abusive parent and then see when I fucking tell them, they fight for the fucking shit they're in. When I tell you how to get complete with that, and by the way, when I tell people how to get complete with stuff like that, this shit works. I'm not just fucking saying this like, try this. I'm saying, follow what I'm saying and you will rid yourself of that. Like that, the, the, the remnants, uh, of the, the fucking creeping hand of the past will fall from your memory. And I say that without a fucking shadow of a doubt. I've, I've done it myself. I've coached thousands and thousands and thousands of other people how to fucking do it. And in every, and it's very challenging to give people that kind of insight in a book, but every one of my books is absolutely filled with the pathways to producing those kinds of results. Every one of my fucking books. Every, everything I've written from unfuck yourself, stop doing that shit, do the work. When I wrote Grow Up recently, Grow Up for me is like, is is a fucking playbook for getting complete with the past. It's a playbook for getting complete with the past. How your childhood went, how you came out of it. It's a fucking playbook. I'm telling you how to do it. This is how you do it. This is where you got to point your mind. This is the kind of thinking you need to do to get there. But that's what I mean about those ways of being. We become so attached to those what can only be described as negative ways of being. We become so attached to being that fucking person, even when it's miserable. And like I said, we'll fucking argue for it. We'll argue for that bullshit. Because we don't like the path out. So this is why people say this shit to me all the time. And um, I'm egotistical enough for it to grind my gears. Um, people will say, oh, this takes a long time. Oh, yeah, easier said than done. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's not possible for all people. Bull fucking shit. Bull shit. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. You can't, on one hand, insist that something like neuroplasticity, which is, you know, the brain's ability to kind of rewire itself, exists. And then at the same time, say, well, but not for this. Well, why not, though? Why not? And why why can't you why can't you shift the narrative? Because ultimately, that's what we're all driven by. We're all driven by the narrative, language, and being. All being exists on, I mean, I'm going to call it a spectrum, but I don't want to be confused with the common usage of that word spectrum, but it is a spectrum of being. And we all exist on that. And as we age, as we get past about the age of 20, 25, where we get located on that spectrum is very narrow. And that 
little bunch of ways of being, you would call that you. You would that's that's what you refer to when you talk about you and the you that you are. You're talking about that kind of limited little bandwidth of ways of being. You don't have access right now to pretty much anything else out of that, outside of that. You're, you're pretty limited to the ways of being that you've become attached to. So, no, ontologically speaking, there is no distinction. We are all just being one way or another. Sure, you could say maybe men of a certain type have more of a propensity for this way of being over that way of being. You might say women over here have more of a propensity for that way of being over this way of being. They're not all equal measures, okay? But they are all ways of fucking being. Now, the good news is we all have the capability for being. We all have the capability. So the question is, what's in the way? We all have the capability. We're all capable to express our love. We're all, some people, by the way, it's been so long. It's been such a distant memory that become so fucking disconnected from it that they can't get out of their mouth. Because, you know, there's no a physiological, you know, demonstration of their internal conversations since they were a child. So some people find it really easy to be loving. Other people, and, and I'm going to say be loving, I mean, be loving in an obvious way. Other people find that challenging, like a real struggle. But the struggle is in language. The struggle is in the conversation they are in with themselves. That's what they need to get squared away. So again, when I go to work with people, we tend to work on the simple things. Let's tidy up your life. Let's get some of the conversations that you're in tidied up. So if you're currently in a predicament with somebody in your life or you know, a relative, you're in an argument with them or you're disagreeing with them and it's causing a problem, let's get that squared away. Okay, I'll coach somebody through that. They'll go square that away. And after I'll say, how do you feel? They say, oh man, I feel so much better. I feel so much freer that that's just squared away now. But you know what? See that person who went and squared that away? They had to really fucking deal with something, right? They had to deal with stuff like pride and being right. And But if freedom's on the other side of it, right? If, the, if, if there's a real sense of a personal freedom on the other side of that. So, if anything, the ways of being that you're most familiar with are really just echoes from the past. And they don't care whether you're a man or a woman or something else. They only care about their perpetuating themselves. Your ways of being are that you've become accustomed to. They're they're only interested in surviving. And that's kind of when you do work with me and, and or when you read the books or listen to the podcast, whenever you feel threatened, 
right? Whenever you feel like, oh, oh, I feel attacked. Try on the idea that it's not you that feels attacked. That it's all the bullshit that you've associated yourself with that feels attacked. And that you are listening to this stuff because you want to be free. You want to be free. Free of what? Free of all the bullshit. Free of everything that's built up and filled up that little bucket in your head. And ultimately, that's everything that I'm about. I'm, uh, I'm about you being free. I'm about you getting free of your past in the exact same way that I got free of mine. And I got free of my past. I got free. I actually got reconciled, settled, complete. Like, oh my gosh. After decades of fucking internal turmoil. Turmoil. And I didn't do it by fucking woo-woo. I did it by following an ontological logic, a logic, a simple logic. Like, let me look at what am I hanging on to? I'm hanging on to a point of view. Okay, good. What's the impact of me hanging on to this point of view? What's it doing to me? Who am I becoming? Now, again, if, I mean, go ahead, look at any of my fucking posts online. There's always somebody arguing with them. People don't give a fuck about who they're becoming as long as they can continue being right about it. They don't give a fuck about it until it's too far down the line, until who they're becoming is the problem. But they'll hide from it and they'll pretend, right? And they'll be like justifying it to themselves because the alternative requires you to be vulnerable and courageous. And by the way, vulnerability and courage are two key foundational pieces of inventing a new life for yourself. You must step forth and you must be willing to be judged as you step forth, right? And it's fucking, oh my God. It's at the beginning, it's kind of shit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you here. At the beginning, it's kind of shit because you're like, oh my God, how's this going to go? And I'm nervous and I'm, you know, but once you step out there, that whole process becomes enlivening and then you want more of it. And like, this is why I have no problem being vulnerable with you guys. I have no problem with sharing what's going on. I, I, you know, authenticity is a big thing for me. Because I I would rather be that guy than the guy that I was, which was shallow and self-indulgent and always trying to present one fucking mask or another, right? Um, so anyway, this week, what I'd like you to do and what I'd like you to think about is if you look at it in your life right now, you know who you be. You know what you're likely to do. But here's this week's question I'd like you to do it. When you think of all of that, though, who could you be? Because that's the game. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with our question from the nation, of course. If you want to participate and um, you've got a question for me that you want me to take here at the nation, uh, text me or leave me a voicemail, 646-450-3203, 646-450-3203. Or you can email me, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. 
Don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of the show. This is, of course, the part of the show where we take a question, a conundrum from the nation. But of course, sometimes it's a subject matter. Sometimes people you know, reach out and say, could you talk about, you know, drug addiction? Could you talk about... So I'm happy to do any of that stuff and give you this kind of perspective that, that I present, right? Which, again, might be different, but it'll certainly um, cause you to think. Uh, before I get into this week's question, though, I do want you to understand, you know, I don't, when, when, when we're creating a show here on Fuck Nation, there's no script. So, uh, and it's how I, it's a lot of the times, by the way, it's how I do speaking engagements. It's how I do workshops. I don't, I kind of may have a loose layer in my mind, but it really is a stream of consciousness for me. It really is an opportunity because I like to give some new language to things, things that come to me in the moment, but it's never random. It's never just something coming in and over and I'm making something up. It's all inside the framework or this ontological framework that I use when, 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 inquiring and investigating and 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 bringing some real thought to um what it is to be a human being but i digress a little of course here i want to talk to you about this week's question which comes from katie and Katie says, hi, Gary, this is Katie, a longtime listener. I love everything you've done. I literally have all of your books. I've listened to all of your podcasts, follow you on Instagram and Facebook. It's kind of an obsession and I'm sometimes embarrassed by it. Don't be embarrassed, Katie. It's all good. But anyway, in regards to the new Grow Up book, it's great. I haven't finished it. I'm still working my way through it. But I did have a situation come up recently about my daughter. And I had an impossible situation and decision to make for her. She's 12 years old. And the decision was either going to be I yank her out of a studio uh, where she uh, learns how to dance and stop the dancing because of some things that are going on there that I don't agree with. She's been with the studio since she was four. And she's 12 now, and 12 is such a critical age. So do I continue to let her dance or not? Either way, we were going to have to make a decision anyway between the dance studio or 
the middle school. Kate says here, I'm sorry, I'm a little all over the place. It's quite all right, Kate. Uh, Katie, I know exactly where you're at there. So, and what Katie's saying here is a choice between dance school or middle school. Seems like nothing, right? However, we've been with the dance school since she was a little girl. There's some things going on at the dance school I don't approve of. Approve of. Um, and middle school is much more fun, much more child development. So we have basically signed two contracts. So I, as far as I understand here, Katie, what you're saying is you're signing a contract with the dance school and you're signing a contract with the middle school. But the dance school is not being very understanding. So my question is, I'm in a situation where I'm having to make a decision for my child that is going to absolutely break her heart right now. Um, you know, I'm talking about something that she's in love with and yanking her away from it. Because deep down, I feel like it doesn't revolve around the values that we're trying to teach her. And that's things like integrity. And in our church, I cannot continue to act like dance is more important than family. This is more important. This is, it seems like what you're saying here, Katie, is it's become more important than God. And that's what we've been asked to do. So, you know, breaking my daughter's heart first, standing up right now and her sh and showing her, you know, this is some of the things you'll have to do in life. So I feel kind of lost. I don't know what to do. I'm sorry for babbling. I love your show. All right, here we go. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, what I'd like to do is create a context here for you because you've set out your values. Okay. You're saying these are my values and you've talked about integrity being a value of yours. Okay. And that's good. That's great. For anybody who has integrity as a value, I need you to understand that value of yours of integrity is always existing in a condition of no integrity. So that integrity value of yours is always existing in a condition of no integrity. So that is, if you're somebody who integrity matters to you, and that doesn't, you know, you have to be careful you're not kind of meandering into morality, right? Like I'm right and I'm doing the right thing and you're doing the wrong thing. That's morality. That's not integrity, right? Um, however, I'm going to go in the presumption that you're talking about the same kind of integrity that I'm talking about. So, for instance, you talked about your values, right, Katie? Your values are only as important as the integrity with which they're managed, <laughs> right? If you, if you're so, so, if you're somebody who values family, for instance, then and you're having an affair, then there's no integrity to that value, right? It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't stand up. Right. And morality is if I value family, right, and I'm having an affair, morality is, and that makes you a bad person. That's morality. Right. So integrity is simply this thing that you say matters to you. Are you managing, maintaining, and living by that, according to that, right? And again, you know, people love to get into that little bit there between, oh, it's right and wrong. Right and wrong is subjective, right? Integrity stands up regardless of whether something's right or wrong. 
integrity stands up. So if you're in an organization, and I would wager that the vast majority of people right now who are working for a company, that company is functioning with varying levels of diminishing integrity uh, across the board, right? And just about every and just about every department, you'll find integrity out. Okay, not doing what they said they would do. Quite simply, right? You could just put it down to that. Not doing what they said they would do. But that doesn't mean to say that I, as somebody who values integrity, can't function in there. But I'll tell you what you do know this, you know, because I value integrity. Um, and it's something that I live by. What I mostly notice is all the lack of integrity. I notice where it's all at. But I have no morality about that. I'm not like, oh, you know, this is terrible. And these are, that's all just fucking meaning and bullshit. Okay. Um, What's important to me is that I function with integrity. I can't make you function with integrity, but I'll hold the line, right? In some things that annoys people. And well, that's just how that rolls, right? So that's the first thing I want you to get, right? That it's possible to function with integrity in a condition of no integrity. They don't have to line up with your integrity for your integrity to be maintained. Okay, so that's number one. The other thing that I would like to point to is you've signed the two contracts, okay? Here's the bad news. That lacks integrity on your part. One of those contracts you signed in full knowledge that you'd already signed one, that lacks integrity. So you got to own your lack of integrity. You got to be like, you know what? That that didn't work. That's unworkable. Doesn't make you a bad person, okay? Not about you know any of that. No, there's no judgment call here. It's simply you you did something that doesn't work, and you need to clean up your mess for the thing that you did. And own the thing that you did, right? And they're either going to be understanding or not understanding about that, but that's how that shit fucking rolls. They don't have to be understanding, right? They might be, right? And they might really be like, oh, yeah, I believe we get it. And they might be like, no, you signed it, right? And so you, the obvious, and this is common, Katie, so don't make this about yourself. But the obvious thing that people do when they're in a situation like that, when they've done something that lacks integrity, is they immediately flip it to the other side and try and find some way to undermine them to cover up their own lack of integrity, right? So you own your lack of integrity. Just fucking own it. Like, oh, yeah. Like, I signed that other thing, and I'd already signed the first one, and I shouldn't have done that, right? I should have made a different decision. But I did it, and I'm going to deal with the consequences now. That is to say, I'm going to deal with the impact, okay? So again, that feeds into this integrity thing for you in this instance. So then comes the matter of your daughter, okay? And you're not there yet. She's 12, so you're not there. But but she's getting to the point, right? And she will be getting to the point where she's forming 
her own life view. And, you know, you can do whatever the fuck you want to help your child form a, a, a life view, a world view, a view of themselves and a view of their others, a view of others. But ultimately, um, she'll be doing that on her own. And you're also at the point where she's she's gonna she's gonna start to see you in a different light. She's getting at age of twelve. She's gonna start seeing you in a different light. And some of the magic and the mystique of parents starts to diminish. And, you know, as I talked about in the book, you know, you start to get into that kind of era of cynicism and you start to cast a cynical eye at you. Now you shouldn't have any of that cloud your judgment. That's gonna happen, right? That's going to happen. But I would offer you something else here. You see, you're pretty much set that it's this or that, and that's it. I don't think you're extending yourself enough to create a situation in your life that works for everybody, right? I think you got to you you, you got to do you got to do a better job, basically, of of creating a new situation, right? So. Let's say she's going to middle school, but she, she still wants to spend time, uh, you know, perfecting her skill, her dance skills. Um, she wants to expand that, become better at that. She's really into that. And it's a, a self-expression. Because one thing's for sure, I would suggest to you, if you end that for her, that's going to become a thing that she'll try and find her way back to, whether you fucking like her or not. Um, if it really is her passion, right? And that is the tricky, I get that's the tricky part that you're in. So I'm going to share with you finally the kind of number one thing that guides my parenting, all right? Which I rarely share this, but I'm going to share it with you. I So there's all the shit that I need to, I need to teach my fucking sons how to eat at a table, Right, how to not embarrass me in a fucking restaurant? Right, I need to teach them all that. Right, how to put their pants on properly and stuff. And you know what's rude and what's not rude, what's offensive, what's not offensive, but you know, like that, right? And how to behave in society, and you know, like how to treat other people. All all of that stuff is important and critical, right? Um, but I think the most important part of being a parent is that I don't get to question their dreams. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here to get underneath your dreams. You fucking tell me what they are, and then you and I'll come up with a pact, like we're fucking doing this, and we do it. We do your dreams. Because I want to raise those kind of men I want my children to believe that anything's possible and when they give themselves fully to it. And if there's anything I want them to have after I'm gone, it's that your dreams can be fucking real and I'm going to show you how. I'm going to demonstrate to you and I'm going to show you what it's like when your dreams are failing and I'm going to show you what it's like when you're hitting the wall and I'm going to show you what it's like for the discomfort and the upset and all the shit that it brings into your life but there's one thing's for sure, like, who the fuck am I to tell you that's not a dream? Who am I? So I'm not saying you adopt anything I've just said there, Katie. 
I'm just saying to you that I feel as if the most critical thing that I've done with my children, all three of them, is that big things are possible for them. And that all you have to do is mention it to me. And I, I will turn my fucking life inside out to make it a reality. And I've done it. And I'm fucking doing it right now. I'm doing it right now, my wife. Um, because their dreams are way more important than my comfort. Anyway, that's going to be it for this week. Thanks for being part of the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the nation. Spread the word. Let the people in your life know that we are doing fucking life change here at Unfuck Nation. And again, if you want to participate in a future show, if you've got a question, a conundrum, or a topic for me, 646-450-3203. Thank you, Katie, for your question, conundrum. Um, and I trust that I've put enough light on that for you to get a bit of clarity for yourself. And uh, we'll be back next week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show from wherever you are. Those reviews mean a lot to us. And I'll see you on the flip side. Have a great one. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you.